So we're gonna start off with the theme song that Ben said he wrote for us. All right, cool. Hit um, it, Ben. I'm sure okay. you have your guitar there with you, and you're ready to sing it. Uh, uh, uh of course. Yeah, it, it, okay. it's right here. Yeah, let, let me right. just tune. Let me tune it really quick. Ding, hit it ding, up. Ding, 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 wow, ding, ding. All right, really okay. good guitar. Yeah, I know. All yeah. right, hit it. Okay. Uh, millennials, we're millennials. We're gonna talk about shit and stuff. That's actually really good. It is. That's actually. That's I really fantastic. love that. You could totally use that. Um, all right, so uh, let's get it started then. Um, welcome right. to the Illennials Podcast. Uh, we're back again. This is episode thirteen. We've got uh, me, Smith. I've also got my brother here. I'm Seth, and for the first time in this podcast's history, we have a repeat guest. You know yeah. him. You love him. Shut up. It's not your turn yet. You know him. You love him. He's the host of We're Gonna Talk About Wrestling, a podcast. That's the name of the podcast. Ben is here. Hey, Ben. Hey. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm sure everyone was just clamoring to have me back. Oh, they were. Our, our SoundCloud messages have been piling up with, where's Ben? <laughs> They've really been wondering, actually. I've, I've Where's the guy? Where's the guy who talks for 60% of the podcast? <laughs> my, my Twitter DM have just been like, bring back Ben or I'll kill your yeah, whole family. It's, it's hashtag bring Ben back. We're, uh, Jesus we're finally obliging our fans. Got him All back. right. Well, and who am I to uh, deprive them of me? So Speaking of that, if they haven't heard the first episode with you, who are you? Tell, tell, tell them about yourself. Uh, my name's Ben. Uh, we kind of know each other. We've been friends for over 10 years now. We met each other back in elementary school, yeah. and uh, we've just kind of grown up together. And uh, yeah, I just recently graduated a uh, film major. Big mistake, by the yeah. way. Uh, I shouldn't have followed my dreams, uh, but I, I'm, I'm kind of employed right now, so things are going a little better than they were. But, you know, I, I'm still kind of here. So that's where I am right now. Yeah, so you and you and Smith are kind of in the same boat. Yeah, uh, uh, writing major here. Definitely terrible idea to have gotten that degree. It has not helped me. Yeah. So? We're here mm-hmm. again. We're, we're here we're to talk about the podcast. it. We're here to talk about it. Yeah. We're here to talk about it. Yes, specifically so, It. Yes, the movie It. Stephen King's It. Exactly. Specifically the 1990s it, miniseries, uh, a two-parter with Tim Curry playing the role of, uh, of uh, the clown. What do you guys think about it? Uh, I think Tim Curry is a national treasure, but everything else I could do without it. Wow. Strong strong opinions coming out of Ben. How about you? Yeah, I think Tim Curry is probably the only good part of that uh, miniseries. Everyone else Damn. like forgettable garbage. Damn. I thought the exact opposite. I thought Tim Curry was very bad, but the rest of it, stellar. Top notch on all... <laughs> all accounts writing directing cinematography but tim curry just he missed the mark for me you know yeah such such you know a great nuanced opinion from from our our uh secret guest we never told you that seth was actually armand white is here for the national review to uh to tell us his opinions on it yes i'm armand white i've been i've been armand white the whole time (gasps) yeah that's that's the twist our podcast has a twist. It was oh me, Austin. God. It was me all along. Ah, <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Um, but we do have one really big topic that I know our guest wanted to talk about and requested to be on because of. Oh, now you're so, making me sound desperate. 
he he did. He texted me at 3 a.m. and was like, please put me on the podcast. Please. <laughs> it's all that's keeping me going right now. <laughs> so, all right, Ben, start us off. I know what you want to talk about, but let, let the listeners know. Yeah, so uh, for those who are not really aware, this past Wednesday, one of the worst mass high school shootings in American history happened down in Parkland, Florida. I can't really remember the name of the specific high school, but uh, a a psychopath. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna name him. I don't want to give him that satisfaction. He came in and killed about 17 people and wounded uh, many others. And this is once again launched the big debate that happens whenever something like this goes down you know is it a gun issue is it a mental illness issue because that this is the third mass sh- big mass shooting we've had in like the last five months or so so we've been fall falling into that same pattern once again and uh before i really get into what i thought about it i just kind of wanted to get your your guys opinions i've just been quietly angrily mumbling to myself over the last few days what i think but uh, you know I kind of want to get your opinions as well. I'm going to be controversial here. I think it's bad. I think wow. mass wow. shootings are a bad thing. Wow, and... strong, strong words. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to go against the grain here and say that I'm not a fan of school shootings, um, and I really wish they would stop making them. Yeah. Uh, just let's 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 cut this this franchise out. I'm not enjoying it anymore. They're getting derivative. Let's put it that way. They're getting <laughs> real derivative. I think it was old after the first one, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last seven of them, uh, the last seven installments, all involved in AR-15. They're just running out of ideas. Yeah, we can all admit that Columbine is a classic, though, right? It, it's the original. It's uh, the one I, I'd call it the Empire Strikes, but I don't feel comfortable making it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben. Dive, just dive in. Let, let's let's start talking about it. Okay. So, uh, you know, of course, the area we live in, this south backwoods uh, nowhere area we live in, we're, we're going to find a lot of people that tend to come out uh, kind of defending guns, perhaps a little a little too much, you know, saying uh, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Uh, I left my AR-15 alone by itself all day. It didn't kill anybody. Ha, ha, ha. Aren't I funny? But, I, you know, is it a gun issue? Is it a mental illness issue? Honestly, I think it's both. And it's getting to the point where it's getting harder and harder to have a civilized uh, discussion about this stuff because of how heated people are getting, especially down here in this area. I personally believe uh, that people down here, I've seen so many hypocritical Christians that uh, claim they worship Jesus, but... They don't actually worship the Lord. I'm, I'm confident at this point that they worship their guns more than anything. They worship the almighty bullet. I feel like if Jesus Christ were to come down here right now and say, the only way to get into the kingdom of heaven is if you give up your guns, they will say, no, thank you, Jesus. I'd rather burn in hell. That is some hot fire coming out about gun control. And yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on about a, a lot of this stuff. Of course, I have, as most leftists have, a very complicated relation with gun control. Um, yeah, let's. I just I, want to point out that yeah. one of the first big efforts in America uh, for gun control was the 1968 uh, Mulford Act in California, which was signed into law by uh, future then future president Ronald Reagan. 
specifically targeting the Black Panthers, who had begun to uh, patrol their neighborhoods, with, you know, with weapons, uh, you know, loaded to defend their their people against, uh, you know, gang violence, and, and but more specifically, they said that, but the more the police, and so you know, the, the sight of armed, you know, black people sort of did. Oh, now we got to get this gun control going. So that's just uh, yeah. a historical footnote. We should we should probably not forget about. Yeah, and it starts there. It starts with gun control really really being at first a big race issue, you know, with what you just mentioned. And then also it comes down to as far as what I believe right now is that I do believe that there's too much of an obsession with guns in this country, and I do think that if we were to throttle down our obsession with guns, some of this stuff might be, you know, nixed. But I also I do believe in people arming themselves because of course, one day Zuckerberg and the capitalists could come down on us and try to take try to take our homes, take everything from us. And if we don't have any way to defend ourselves, then we're basically just giving up. And yeah. that's not the position I want to be in. But I, once again, I do think that we have a problem with guns in this country. Yeah, that that's what I've been thinking. And uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't really want to ban guns. I do believe we should have them for you know self protection. And if you're into uh, hunting, uh, all that good stuff. But I also feel like we need this somehow. We need to introduce legislation that uh, keep that keeps guns in the hands of responsible gun owners, but keeps them away from people who are going to use them for nefarious purposes. And I know uh, coming up with something like that is insanely difficult. And you have people saying, oh, "Criminals, they they don't care about laws. They're gonna they're gonna break them anyway." And that that sounds like quitter talk to me. Uh, uh, whenever they say that, to me, it sounds like they're saying, oh, they're going to break laws anyway, so let's let's just not do anything about it. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, yeah. and I, I agree with that. And the big thing is, and it's like what you said, is it, it would be awesome if we could come up with a law that would keep responsible gun owners having guns and, you know, mentally unstable people and people who want to use them for evil purposes not having guns. But also, where, where do you draw that line? When can't a person who's a responsible gun owner become a nefarious person and it's like it's it's just it would be so hard to make legislation that deals more with people's psyches than actual stuff you can write on a piece of paper you know mm-hmm. yeah uh that's why i think it that's why i said earlier it's both i feel like it's a gun issue and a mental illness issue not only do we need to update our legislation i also feel like we need to be better at uh searching for warning signs and like potential threats I read a story from the Seattle Times a couple of days ago saying that this grandma turned her uh, grandson into the authorities because she got a hold of his journal and found a bunch of disturbing stuff written into it, talking about how he planned on shooting up his school, uh, what he planned on doing, and she found a rifle hidden in his guitar case, and she, right there, she potentially saved a bunch of lives. Yeah, so a a good rule to follow would be to look for what these warning signs are, but... You know, once again, it's just so hard to find those things. Like, what if what if his grandma hadn't read these things and hadn't actually snooped? You know, and it is, I don't know. It's it's a complicated issue, and every and once like again, for some reason, we only want to talk about it when a tragedy happens, and we don't want to talk about it when maybe we all have cooler heads. You know, because when one of these things happens, everyone just jumps and starts getting the veins in their neck popping out and yelling at each other. Whereas maybe, I mean, not that there's a time right now in American politics where people aren't just jumping to conclusions and yelling at each other, but there are some times where it's a little better than others, I'd say. 
Yeah, and I I just want to point out real quick a uh, sort of a, a, a corollary to what I said before about with the Black Panthers and the disarming of minorities is that you know under the Constitution there's the Second Amendment which is where this all boils down to and it's you know the right to, to bear arms for a, a a trained militia and whatnot and that's sort of become you know obscured over time it's become uh, uh, forgotten about the militia part but I'm not even going to focus on that I'm going to focus on the idea that. You know, we need we need guns to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government, like we were talking about with Zuckerberg and them coming down to to, to take all our shit. And yeah. the reason that I I can see the 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 sense in gun control laws is that uh, I just think about predator drones, and I'm like, I mean, we're fucked, right? Like, if the government never decided that it was time to crack down on us, we would all be fucked instantaneously. That's true. Your your fucking your AR fifteen your 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 knockoff AK forty seven, uh, your M one is not going to protect you from uh, a, a fucking plane you literally can't even see that will blow you up from a, a guy piling it in Utah. So the the idea of the, the the Second Amendment and the Constitution was that muskets. You know we would have a, a, a people with muskets and they would shoot at each other and that's how we would stop you know the, the tyranny of our of, of the government from overcoming us is we could fight on an equal playing field that does not exist anymore. So I feel like uh, like there's no point in allowing these kind of guns to exist um, for people. When I get hunting, but I've hunted you know, a long time. You don't need anything more than a bolt action rifle at best to hunt. So yeah. Letting these bit these like high capacity magazine weapons and stuff. I mean, a semi-automatic even. It, th- there's no point in it. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've always thought. I've always thought if the deer are not shooting back at you, you don't need an AR-15 or anything like that. Yeah. What, what are you gonna do with a a deer that's just full of holes? You know. I mean, you don't you don't need that much firepower to take down pretty much any animal we hunt here in America. Well, actually, it's illegal in most states to hunt. Um, deer or any kind of like animal with an AR-15 because the rounds they typically use are too small to kill uh, very fast. So you would need to to shoot them, you know, more than once, and it's considered like cruel yeah. and inhumane. So anyone who says they have an AR-15 for hunting is either you know hunting it with it illegally or they're just lying to you. That's not what it's for. Yeah, and people follow hunting laws all the time. So, well, I'm just saying like. That's Even, over and done with. Like from a practical standpoint, you don't want to have to shoot that deer more than once because it's going to run away as soon as you hit it once. Uh, yeah, but bang bang. Well, yeah, know? but <laughs> I, what I'm saying is people are buying them for the express purposes of self defense. You can't see my air quotes. That's that's what it is. Exactly. And yeah. then go ahead, Ben. Yeah. Uh, I lost my trip. Okay, I got it back. Um, I was reading somewhere about the shooter and how he up uh, he obtained his AR-15, the one that he used in the shooting, from a gun shop. He obtained it legally, and at this gun shop, there was he did not have to pass a background check. There was no uh, three-day waiting period. While in the same shop, they had a three-day waiting period for uh, your average handguns and all that. So I feel like, uh, in terms of legislation, we could somehow uh, fix that, but. I don't know. This is just a really complicated situation that I'm tired of bickering about all the time whenever it happens. Yeah, and one of the things that makes it even more complicated, and earlier we talked about how the Black Panthers were disarmed with legislation, another thing that comes down to me that makes these situations even worse is the race relations part of it all. In that anytime 
a white kid does some really heinous thing like shoot up a church or a school or just kill someone, which is a, a straight up murder and is a crime, all you hear is, oh, he's he's got some issues, he's, he's, uh, he's mentally t- deranged. Even today I saw an article that was like, oh, the, the Florida shooter might be, a, might be a victim of fetal alcohol syndrome, which causes you to have impaired judgment. And, but whenever someone like Tamir Rice does almost nothing, they just get, they get murdered right then and there. No trial, no, any, nobody even gets to judge their character because they just get straight up murdered. And it really shows the racial imbalance in our country when it comes down to heinous acts of murder. Yeah, you can see that in the way uh, the media reports things like this. I've seen, like you said, I've seen way too many articles talking about, ah, oh, he was mentally ill, his mom had cancer, his, his dad killed himself. And it's like, at this point, I don't care. The minute you kill 17 innocent children, I lose all sympathy for you. And then you have people, I can't remember his name, but he was the guy who was uh, selling handmade cigarettes outside, and they were trying to... Uh, Eric they Garner. Try- Eric yeah, Garner. Yep. Yeah, Eric Garner. They were trying to apprehend him, and they ended up choking him out and killing him, all yes. for selling discount, you know, handmade cigarettes. And uh, I just want to say that um, in this particular uh, situation, it's sort of like the media is not reporting on it too much. But the, the shooter, uh, uh, who I mean, I won't, I won't say his name. Uh, he is uh, uh, pretty much proven to have been an alt right kind of guy. Um, he, there's lots of like now like texts and, and records coming out where he says he's, you know, he hates all these minority groups and he's, he's worried about America being taken over by, by foreigners and stuff like that. And, um, in response, the all right started doing some digging as well. And because I'm like an extremely online guy, I kind of follow it and they're currently claiming that, uh, he can't be alt right because he is a uh, his his biological mother because he was adopted was Jewish so he's a biological Jew which is why he he did all this it's in his DNA you know mm. 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 Mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah <laughs> I, I I I don't want to it really should. I don't know how I feel I am amazed at some of the links that these alt right guys go to disprove whenever one of their own do something terrible. And yeah, they, they will find any. It's like this guy bought a Snickers bar at a Jewish-owned convenience store one time, which means he's a sympathizer, and exactly. we, he we have to disown him. He's not part of us. I promise. I feel like those kinds of people are always so stressed out. I'm just waiting for one of them to just break down and say, "All right, fine, okay, he's an awful person. All right, I can't, I can't keep up with this. I can't keep doing this, Kyle. I just, I can't keep doing this." Yeah, but that would imply that these guys have a conscience and a uh, a sense of guilt for what they do, which I don't think you you really get it that deep into the alt right if you have those things. True. True. Yeah. Um. There's like the distinction that some people make between the alt right and like the alt light, who are people who are just in it uh, because of like I don't know jokes or grifting or whatever. So yeah. there's there's definitely people who don't hang on that much, but you'll never get them to. To be like, oh no, this the because the thing is, they slink away when it's over, right? Like after Charlottesville, they you know they disavowed it, but quietly and never talked about it again. So yep. they, they're just they're cowards. Speaking of cowards, uh, people I think who are the exact opposite of cowards. Uh, for segue, I know, but I just I want to talk about uh, the kids 
that were involved in the shooting because after this happened we've been seeing a lot of the kids who actually attended the school they're actually coming out on social media they're starting they're starting a movement they're starting a movement and I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before because whenever something like this happens you don't really hear much from the people that were in, that were there when the mass shooting happened but these kids immediately took the social media uh, asking for change, demanding change, and I have the utmost respect for these kids because they're not going to go quietly into the into the night. They're not going to let the media kind of, you know, push. We will not banish without a fight. Uh, they're not letting the media kind of push them to the side so we can move on to the next terrible thing. They are staying in the spotlight. And they, uh, I saw this speech on CNN the other day, Emma Gonzalez, she was speaking at a rally uh, okay. there in Parkland. And I, the whole time I was watching it, this powerful moving speech, all I could really think of is the fact that she is able to stand in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people in attendance and the millions watching at home and speak so eloquently about what happened days after such a traumatic event it just speaks a lot not only to her character but to her fortitude and i feel like she's gonna she's gonna go far in life and i, I just i applaud these kids and everything they're trying to do yeah and it just it kind of shows how far we're coming with these kind of things where i mean even young kids who have had this traumatic thing happen to them their whole situation is getting politicized and they're like these kids are getting tired of it, and finally, with with this mass shooting, people, th these kids are like, you know what, we we don't want to be made into a charity case. We want to be made into an actual political movement to get change. You know. But hey, yeah. hey listen, don't worry, because one one woman has the answer to this problem. She knows yes. how to solve it. Her name is Megan McArdle, and she was recently hired to be the uh, the uh, Washington Post's opinions uh, page editor. And she wrote an article after uh, uh, the Newtown shooting, an opinion article, where she said that this would all be solved if we just trained kids to instantly rush towards the shooter. That's right. Mm -hmm. If someone opens fire yeah. in a school, just run towards them in, like, Soviet-era wave tactics. <laughs> just throw your bodies onto them, small four-year-olds, and bury them in your flesh. That's uh, that's our solution to, sh to school shootings. Yeah, run towards the danger. That's such a white person thing to do. Uh, don't Clint Eastwood would have a field day with that movie. But don't worry <laughs> about it, Ben. It's okay because if everyone does it in our if in in, in our in our incredibly you know our, our individualized society where everyone thinks about only themselves, if we can in just this one instance band together and and overrun the foe, uh, uh, it'll all be solved. Right? It's it's easy. Sure, totally, and let's arm our teachers while we're at it, too, and just expect them to be fantastic shots while trying to protect and save their children at the same time. Have you seen the other plan, which was to put three armed veterans in every school in America? <laughs> yes, please! <laughs> just give these guys who have no jobs, just these, you know, these former uh, Tier 1 operators, just give them guns and have them sit in schools, and yeah, that'll definitely solve the problem. Nothing bad will ever happen. Yeah, just picking random soldiers off the street, just riddled with all kinds of mental illnesses, giving them a gun, just sitting them in front of a school. You know, that, that, that'll go well. I mean, I'm all for giving the unemployed uh, new jobs, but let's come up with something a little better than this. 
Yeah. Maybe we could make it into an app, you know? We could have an app that summons armed veterans to a school to put down school shooters. <laughs> oh, no, no, know? no. You're, you're thinking too far. You're thinking too far. It has to be gig economy. Yeah. So you hire random gunmen who mm-hmm. could be of any... They don't have to be military at all or even approved. This is a it's way just, that we hey, can... hey, there's can, something can, happening, and they run with their guns to wherever you're at and start shooting. <laughs> this is a way that we can successfully rehabilitate hitmen into society. We can give them a, a, a gainful employment. Yes, we'll, we can provide them with a purpose again. We'll call the app Shooter. It'll be, it'll be spelled S-H-T-R and perfect, right? <laughs> Print it. Whoa, well, wait a minute. Maybe we need to make it just Shooter but without the E because S-H-T-R could be Shitter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and, an, that's another app idea I have. Yeah, that's a totally different <laughs> app. Hit me up afterwards. We'll talk about that one. <laughs> I do want to transition real quick over this into... Um, another, uh, sort of like thing that happened this week with, uh, we, we taught Megan McArdle and her idiocy, uh, but not to be outdone, the New York times hired themselves a, a new opinions person as well. And her name was Quinn Norton. Uh, did anybody else see this when it happened? No. She, mm-hmm. uh, she was hired and within eight hours she was fired because Damn. people are digging up her, her old tweets where she was hanging out with uh, uh, Nazis like Weave and talking about how they were her friends and how she had plenty of neo-Nazi friends. She didn't agree with them, but they were her friends, you know, because you can do that. And she even made a tweet like three years ago where she was like, I could get paid a lot more to be a racist at the New York Times. So they fired her in like eight hours. And all I can think of is like, New York Times, aren't you guys like journalism? How did you not do it? How did you not notice this? Mm. Yeah. I I, I don't... Jesus Christ. Eight hours? <laughs> Eight hours. <laughs> wow. Ben's exasperation just kind of shows how we're all feeling right, right about now. It's, it's like... like is no is, is anything even surprising anymore? Uh, I, I mean, the fact that she said, oh, I'm, I, I have friends that are neo-Nazi, it's not the same. It's not like saying, oh, I'm a liberal, but I have a few uh, Republican friends. Neo-Nazis are something completely different. Well almost completely different it's kind of hard to tell nowadays but uh, you, you with a with a neo-nazi you know what they stand for with uh someone else you know is i like, uh, i may not want more gun control but i feel sensible in another area that you can't do that yeah yeah i totally agree and it's yeah it just goes to show and then then there's also these guys that i love on, the, on twitter who are like uh why should someone be fired from their current job for something they've done in the past and it's like, well, sure, you could look at it that way, but you also have to think about it from like an employer's perspective of, sure, maybe this was in the past, but do I still, do I want someone like that working for me, you know? And in the end, it's all up to, to, to private businesses and capitalism and such to get rid of these people, which is one of the only things that does well. Yeah, I, I don't agree with the idea of firing someone for their free speech. But at the same time, uh, that's the system we live in. So if you're, uh, sometimes it works out for the better in, in small ways. Yeah, it actually happened um, in the town that we all went to college in um, a couple, like two or three years back. You might remember this, Ben, mm-hmm. um, where this girl, I don't, want, I don't want to say her name or anything, but she was like on Twitter and she talked about how, I think it was like something about like Syrian refugees are less than human. Like just some really like disgusting no, stuff. No, it was, it was Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was Black Lives Matter and just how, just a bunch of horrid stuff about them. 
And I don't know, I can't remember where she worked at the time, but she got fired from her job. People got mad about it. Um, but the best part about the whole story to me is that that girl was in college and her major, public relations. <laughs> huh. That just goes to show you there's a there's a healthy amount of irony in our lives. You know, though, uh, speaking of neo-Nazis and our, our larger issue of this uh, the school shooting happened in Florida, do y'all remember that story that happened a few days ago about the, the neo-Nazi militia guy who talked about how the shooter was one of their guys? No. Nobody saw this? Uh, uh, I saw I saw something like that. Yeah, this this like Florida neo Nazi uh uh they're, 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 there's like a Florida like separatist group they want Florida to to secede from the United States of America. Well, yeah, um, they, they, those are just called Floridians. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> he he said that uh that they trained this guy. He was one of their dudes, and um for a while it seemed like there was some strong evidence. There were pictures of this guy uh like with them. But then some holes started to appear in the story, like their compound was 400 miles away from his home, so like how would he you know, be getting back and forth in there and stuff. And eventually the guy's like, I mean, his story has now gone from, yeah, he was one of us, to I was just trolling you, or I was I was misquoted. Uh, so it's not that way, but in the end, like the sort of like idea that he's come up with is that he did it all for publicity. So he lied about a school shooter being part of his militia group to get people to, to know who they are, and I'm like, that's a it's a good strategy, man. It's going well. All pub- uh, all publicity is good publicity. I mean, you got to get your name out there somewhere. I know um, as you know, people who come from an arts background, you have to understand that you got to get your name out there somehow, right? I mean, and yeah. That's, that's what this guy went for. He he went for it, and he went big. Gonna be the, I'm going to be the Banksy of school shootings. I'm going to show up and uh, paint my, the name of the Illinois oh, yes. podcast somewhere <laughs> around. Listen to us. We have the answers. Uh, I don't condone that last statement said on my co-host. Former co-host. <laughs> All right, we're taking this in a new direction, right? This whole podcast? Yeah. He's, new been direction. Fired. He's been fired 30 minutes into the latest episode. <laughs> my old tweets have come to light. Yes. Uh, All those things I said about Corey in the house. No. <laughs> God, I do not want my old tweets to resurface. Not because I was a hateful person or anything, but because I was I w- dumb. Yeah, I was really stupid back then. Every now and again on Facebook, whenever I get those reminders, like "Remember when you posted this five years ago?" I just kind of cringe a little bit. I'm just, oh no. I hate God. when it's a picture and yeah. I get to see what I looked like. Yeah, Ew. I know exactly. Surprise. Surprisingly, I was much thinner back then than I am now. So sometimes I look at that and I'm like, huh, okay, not bad. I wouldn't say much, but okay. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, I had fun, guys. Uh, <laughs> All right. I've got, a, I've got something to bring okay. up, and it's about capitalism mm-hmm. and how, because of its effects, it can, the opposite of capitalism can kind of touch us emotionally. And I'll hear, I'll hear me out on this one. So, you may have seen this, Ben. I don't know. Sometimes you watch random stuff. Um, this week, a uh, very popular uh, hip-hop artist, rapper Drake, who I'm not a very very big fan of, released a video for his song, God's Plan, which is actually a very good song. Have you seen the video, Ben? I haven't seen the video, but I know what you're talking about. Okay. So, basically, the video starts out, and it's like, the budget for this video was $996,000, whatever. And then the next, the next thing is, we gave it all away, don't tell the label. And basically the whole video is Drake going around Miami, Florida, and he gives out like 
scholarships to University of Miami. He gives to like after school programs, toys for tots. Uh, at one point, he just walks into a grocery store and tells everyone in there that whatever they buy is on him. He pays for everything. And then there's some shots, the ones that really got to me as far as capitalism's effects on people, where Drake sits down with a family of people who are like going through unemployment or just have a lot of a lot of stuff going on with them, and he just hands them a huge stack of cash, like probably like twenty to a hundred thousand dollars, depending on how how big the stack is. And as soon as he hands it to them, these people immediately break out into tears. And what what I saw when I saw that was the fact that. The, because of capitalism, because people are so just ringed out and are always worrying about their finances and how, what they're going to do with money and stuff, the fact that just some, that someone can just give you this big pile of money and it affects you emotionally because you don't even know how to handle that kind of thing because nothing like that ever happens to you because you never get helped out at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it, but the way you're describing it, it makes it sound really powerful. Yeah. And the video and, is actually pretty emotional. Even even I got a little a little messed up by it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Drake fan, but I I I'll, I'll need to go check that out. Yeah. What do you? Anything from you? I, I mean, it sounds like a you know radical redistribution of wealth is a thing that people like. You know, they uh, you you see how like you said how how bad people are you know in uh, off in terms of uh, how the system has rewarded them and. It's pretty amazing when you see some uh, the reactions they get to being uh, you know somewhat lifted up out yeah. of it. And it's interesting to me because a lot of the reporting about this video has been, oh, watch Drake's new emotional video for God's plan, and you know it'll a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it affected me. I cried. I, it really touched me. And it's just funny. It's weird to me that no one's mentioning why the video is so touching and why these people are. While their lives are being changed so much by what Drake is doing in the video, it's because of us being, you know, crushed by capitalism and by the society we live in. And any kind of alleviation, even if it has to come from a rapper who randomly comes to your city and gives you money, can really change your whole life, or at least your whole upcoming year, you know? It's because we take the capitalist hellscape as a given. Yeah, exactly. And I think that maybe some people should start reporting it differently. That's... That's my two cents about Drake's God's Plan. If this were a hip-hop podcast, I would go much more into detail, but that's it for now. <laughs> like, is the track good? Does it slap? The song, the song is actually... Okay. Um, the song is actually very good, unlike most of Drake's music. Um, Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. I think Drake sucks, but mm. that's not that's not what this podcast is about, so... I like Drake as a person. I'm just not really a big fan of most of his music. Whenever he guest hosts on Saturday Night Live, I feel like he's a really funny and talented person. Oh yeah, I respect the hell out of the guy. He's very he's very good at what he does, and he yeah. knows how to he knows how to make popular music. I mean, the man sells more records than anybody right now. So go for it. Mm-hmm. If you go to the iTunes Top 100 charts right now, his name is just all over the place. Yeah, even though he hasn't released a, a real project since. 2016, so it's impressive. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a, a time I was I was driving to school actually. So this was probably God like 10 years ago maybe. Uh, I heard a radio announcer say that uh, Jay Z ha- is uh, has an amazing business sense and is really good at, at, at you know building an a, a, uh, empire, but he can't rap for shit. And I'm Whoa. like, oh Whoa. damn! Wow. That is. 
them's that fighting guy is words. Wrong, so don't listen to him. Yeah. Jay Z's one of the greatest of all time. Once again, this isn't a hip hop podcast, so I won't talk about it anymore. But hey, we we have we eat into multiple subjects. We can talk about all kinds of stuff. That's true. That's true. And I do want to talk about something real quick, if y'all don't mind. Go ahead. Uh, have an article here from Politico. This got a lot of attention this week. This week for um. its original headline. I'm going to read the new headline first, and then we're going to talk about the original headline. The new headline is "Sponsor an Immigrant Yourself." Okay. Yes, I have seen this article. The subtitle is, No, really, a new kind of visa would let individual Americans, instead of corporations, reap the the economic benefits of migration. Now, that's the new new headline. Yeah. The old headline was, What if you could get your own immigrant? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like a little mini one you can just fit in your pocket? Like your your very own immigrant? They didn't think they didn't take that down because they thought it was offensive. They took it down because they didn't want to get mixed up with like a mail order bride service. <laughs> yeah, Pe- people were actually looking to order their own immigrant. Yeah, they thought it was like Amazon. Yeah, they they changed it because apparently it was offensive to some people. No shit. Yeah, <laughs> but here's how it would work. Okay, uh, imagine a woman named Mary Turner who lives in Wheeling, West Virginia. Uh, oh. She was recently Whoa, laid that's off. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, she was recently laid off from a chicken processing plant and makes ends meet by walking and taking care of her neighbor's pets. Mary could expand her little business by hiring some workers, but no one in the area would accept a wage she can afford. Uh-oh. Mary, <laughs> yeah, Mary... I-, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> Mary goes online to a new kind of international gig economy website, a fiver for immigrants. Oh no! <laughs> and uh... applies to sponsor an immigrant. She enters information about what she needs. Someone with rudimentary English skills, no criminal record, and an affection for animals. She offers a room in her basement, meals, and $5 an hour. <laughs> Sponsors under this program will be exempt from paying minimum wage. That's in parentheses. The website offers various some matches. People living in foreign countries who would like to spend some time in the United States and earn some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After some back and forth, Mary interviews a woman named Sophia who lives in Paraguay. Sophia, who grew up in a village, has endured hardships that few Americans can imagine. She's eager to, to earn some money so yeah, that I she have a very move, limited imagination. So that she can move to her nation's capital city and get some vocational training. A few weeks later, Sophia arrives in Wheeling after taking a one-week training course on American ways. <laughs> if things wow. don't if things don't work out, the agency that runs the website will find a new match for Sophia and Mary will find someone new as well. Wow. That was deeply terrifying <laughs> for tons of reasons. So basically they want it to be not only is it like it's like adoption Uber. <laughs> like you're adopting this immigrant person. You're adopting a fully grown adult who's going to work for you. Yes. You're a... Oh, there's just so much wrong with everything. So indentured servitude, that's what this is. Yeah, it is. Right? It's exactly that. Yeah. For, but, 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 but it's for the gig economy, Ben. We're, we're, we're bringing it into the, the modern day. Great. But So is the idea here that they get an actual um, employment sponsorship if you sponsor them? Yeah, they'll come to America and work for you. Okay, because I've actually, right now at the job I'm working at, I actually have 
the people, over half the people I work with are immigrants. Um, three of which are from India, one of which is from Pakistan. And um, I've, I've been learning like more of their opinions on immigration and stuff since they've actually, you know, experienced it. And I noticed one thing is that a couple of them were against what is called chain migration. Do you guys know what chain migration is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, for anybody who doesn't know, basically it's that people who are living in America already um, as immigrants can sponsor their family members to come over and become citizens as well. And under Donald Trump, they have decided to limit it to like certain family members and all this, and you can't do it. You can only do it a certain amount of times. And I've had a couple of we, one day we were talking about Trump, um, and the the one thing that a, a couple of immigrants said was that um, immigrants, my coworkers said, was that they agreed with him that shame migration should be limited. And I asked I asked them why. I was just like, oh, so why like why do you think? Because I, I wanted to know like from your perspective, what is it? And the, the the sad part was neither of them really had a really good answer as to why they thought it should be limited. But the, the, for me, I feel like if any random American can just go sponsor some immigrant to work for them. Why would we limit chain migration? Oh, yeah. It, there's even a thing later on where it says that uh, the average American family of four could sponsor four immigrants, one for each member of the family. So each member of the family gets their very own immigrant. Yeah. Exactly. And if, and if you don't like the one you get, you can like put new clothes on it, and you can you know even trade it out if it's really not that good. But Brush you know, its, it's hair. Yeah, it's all on a plan, uh, a family plan, if you will. <laughs> so, well, you see this 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 article posits a, a very rosy view of what would happen. I want to posit a different scenario. Imagine okay. a man who's named Frank, and Frank lives in Minnesota, and okay. uh, Frank has never uh, 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 fucked a woman before. And mm-hmm. Frank goes onto this new website, this Fiverr for immigrants, to start looking like for somebody to help him around the house. Uh, uh, three weeks later, a terrified immigrant from Malaysia uh, arrives in Minnesota to meet Frank. And then horrible shit will happen. The worst things will happen. Yeah. It would be bad. In a dungeon, 10 years later, starved and dehydrated. It just. It, Fucking blows my mind, guys. That they would even this would be a thing that this that ostensibly smart people would even think of. Yeah, because it's it's like mail order brides, but with less security somehow. Like what? What? Because to get a mail order bride, you got to have a little bit of cash, and you got to like follow some rules. This seems very lax on the rules and the cash part of it all. Oh, don't worry. They're gonna have they're gonna have inspections. You know they're gonna they're gonna have inspections by I assume an agency with a million fucking people that can that could even come close to fucking patrolling this shit. Yeah, with, with I'm sure with in, incredible guidelines and impeccable uh, ability to know to know when things are going wrong. Also, your immigrant is gonna have to pay you back for the cost of their plane ticket. Wow! So there so, is a catch. <laughs> we found we found the loophole. Whoa! This is the one bad part of this program. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh. oh, it's fucking amazing, guys. And, and also, the, the the thing you're talking about, Seth, that you have at work is probably the H one B visa program. If I had to guess, yes, yep. Um, yeah. they want to get rid of that and just have this, and that would mean that regular Americans could then go on to the fucking Fiverr for Immigration website, just call it Slaver, and 
order a fucking immigrant, and then they could contract the immigrant out to a company like yours or Google or some shit. Wow. It's, it's even worse than you could imagine. This, God, it is, oh, it is such a hard time, because I, I, I've also been learning about, um, like, visa rules and stuff for immigrants and, like, why companies don't want to hire immigrants some of the time and it's just it's just such a complicated landscape for people who are just trying to make it in america you know yeah i'm sure the woman who initially wrote this article i feel like she had good intentions but uh they just didn't carry carry over well oh it's written by by what i assume are two men uh eric posner and glenn weill so Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they 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 definitely have a very uh, a very optimistic let's call it that optimistic view of what would happen under this program. Mm-hmm. They live in their own little Candyland version of America. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they wrote this article while they are eating like some halal from a street vendor who makes pennies to try and live in this country while they sat in a room and wrote this article. Yeah, I guarantee you, neither one of them have ever actually had to work minimum wage. Oh hell no. Because they're advocating for something lower than minimum wage. Yeah, they're like, let's uh, let's pay people even less than what they need to be yeah. paid. How about that? Instead of raising the minimum wage, let's try anything they can do to not. And also, they live in your house and eat your food, so they're one hundred percent dependent on you for everything. Mm. Sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> Nothing bad could possibly uh, happen in this. Oh no! Hell no! Mm-hmm. They won't have any problems, you know, adjusting to society if you were to ever, you know, die or let them go or anything. They, they'd have no problems. I also love so. the one-week crash course in American ways. That's all it takes, baby. <laughs> one week, and you know everything, which that might actually be true. It might be less than a week, honestly. But I mean, I mean, America's only been around for a couple hundred years anyway, formally. So I feel like we could cover every big thing in about a week or so. Yeah. <laughs> First lesson is about slavery. Oh, wait, I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say uh, the immigration of Africans to America. Mm-hmm. That's what I, That was a mistake. Don't don't pay attention to that first thing I said. Did, did we say slavery? We meant indentured servitude. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, because that's way better. It only ever happened to the Irish. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what kind of blows my mind too. Back then, it's like, why did why did we have a uh, bias against the Irish? I never understood that. They look just oh, like but, us. But you do understand the bias against black people. Interesting. But, uh, huh. Interesting uh, uh, things are coming out on the Millennials podcast. Uh, uh, well, you see, <laughs> one thing I should. I see what you're saying because the whole thing was that they look different, so they must be either lesser than us or just. Basically garbage. That was what people thought back Well, then. yeah, I mean... But with Irish people, and also Jewish people, I've never understood th- those two either, because they look, you know, like the white people, so... Also Italians, mm-hmm. I don't know. Greeks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, because, like, true. as I've sort of gotten older and learned more about the world, it's that, like, in Europe, they don't really have white people, like we think of them here. There's no, like, white people in Europe. It's, you're British, you're French, you're Irish, you're, uh, uh, you're Scandinavian. Yeah. There's no, like, oh, that dude's white. It's like, no, fuck that fucking Norwegian fuck. Like, I hate that guy, because he's Norwegian. And, I'm, and you're like, well, what, but you're both white. And they're like, no such thing. Doesn't exist here. Yeah, I agree. And he brought that here to America as well, uh, for some reason. I guess it's just like... The Irish ate so many potatoes. We just thought that I mean these people they got to be as fucking dumb as potato, right? It can't be anything else yeah. besides that. 
I guess the Greeks what they had funny but names. It, yeah, and it's also different. I guess over, I guess in Europe because you know Europe is a relatively small continent with a lot of countries, whereas like America is a big part of a continent that is one country, and we're only separated by our states. And it'll be really weird for it all just to be. Oh, you're a Georgian. You're a Minnesota, and. So it's just, I don't know, I guess it's just, it's a, it's different how they have a lot of countries where we just have a lot of states. It does happen with sports, though. Well, yeah, of course, but that's because the Patriots suck! <laughs> so, I mean, no doubt. Amen, brother. <laughs> I mean, no <laughs> doubt, right? Like, fuck the Patriots. I'll never forgive Tom Brady for what he did to the Atlanta Falcons in 2017. Yeah, 17. That was rough, man. Mm. The so. election was bad. The Super Bowl was bad. This is a bad year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hey, 2018, it's already way better, right, guys? Yeah, totally. It's going yeah. well. Yeah. I, I do love how at the end of every year, people are just like, God, I'm ready for 2017 to be over. And I'm like, why? Do you think <laughs> that the year is going to make things better? You think that changing one number is going to change anything about the way society has conducted itself? This especially got to me in 2016 after the election had happened. People were like, thank God this garbage year will be over. I can't wait for 2017. And I'm like, it's not going to be better. Yeah, like, what what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> like, you know he, that he will be president then, right? Like, it does happen in 2017. It's not going to, we're not going to skip it or some shit. Yeah. In fact, you're, you were safer in 2016. He wasn't even president yet. Yeah, know? it was just like, we were still in shock, but now it's here, you know? And we've been living in hell for a long time. We're going to be living there possibly for the rest of the existence of human beings, but hopefully not. Yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah. Considering the way things are going, we'll probably all be gone in the next three years anyway. I'm right there with you, man. I, I tell people that all the time, and they, they think I'm crazy. <laughs> they think I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah, they think I'm doing some weird stuff. <laughs> no it's like uh i mean i do wonder though if when if when it happens like if the, if the world ends are, are those like nerds at the atomic energy commission gonna like really quickly change the clock to zero minutes of midnight <laughs> yeah are they yeah. Even, are they even gonna be thinking about that they're gonna be rushing out the door it's like oh crap jimmy get, get back in there we forgot to do it we had to be right we had to end the we had to be, had to be right when we die <laughs> yeah we almost die wrong we don't we don't want aliens to find the charred remains of a doomsday clock that's still stuck at one minute till midnight. <laughs> Dude, I am sure that one day aliens will show up to Earth and just be like, what, what the fuck even happened here? <laughs> what are you guys doing? You know, what I is that? About, I thought about like one day, like, let's say society doesn't absolutely collapse. And then one day, like when kids are in high school learning about American history... They're going to be looking at their textbook or like hollow books, whatever, whatever is in the future. They're going to be looking at it. And there's going to be a whole section for the tw- in the 2016 election part of history that's just going to be called her emails. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that that's going to be in a history book for sure one day? Yeah, especially in the South. Oh, man, we're going to talk about the emails forever. <laughs> apparently, yeah. we're just never going to get over that. So, now, I hope that one day we'll yeah. live in the laser south and things will be better. The laser south. Okay, please describe to me the laser It'll south. It'll be like the south now, but all the there'll be more cities. They'll be made out of like glass and, and chrome and just there'll be lots of lasers. And that's how you know it's the future, right? There's like lasers uh, that are shooting across the landscape for no reason. 
I was actually hoping you were going to say it's going to be like the South now, but with more lasers. <laughs> I mean, we'll obviously have laser guns, right? We're going to we're going to up. We're, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> the Second Amendment will still be around. We're going to upgrade the laser guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laser irrigation system. Oh, dude, for sure. <laughs> I did see this crazy, be this fit. crazy scheme these guys had. They wanted to put satellites in outer space that would use like like like, like broad spectrum or whatever lasers to heat the Earth's atmosphere differently to force rain in certain places. And I'm like, yep, that'll work. Yep. <laughs> Totally, can, totally cannot go wrong. We all saw the movie Geostorm, <laughs> right? I, me and you saw the first about minute and a half of it. Yeah, and, but then after they switched back over to Murder on the Orient Express halfway through, I was like, honestly, I kind of would have preferred Geostorm at this yeah, point. Yeah, I wish they would have just kept playing Geostorm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sh- <laughs> I probably wouldn't have complained. But uh, so yeah, uh, laser south. We're gonna one day we're gonna be able to create rain whenever we want using our giant lasers. It's gonna be good. It's going to be fine. Yeah, to be fair, I would much rather die from a laser gun than a real gun. That just sounds cooler than me. That's true. Yeah, I'd rather, I don't know why. I'd rather die in like a, a laser accident than a, <laughs> a, a, a meth-making accident, you know, which is how I'm probably going to die. He died in a tragic laser accident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, he didn't stand a chance. It was too fast. <laughs> He thought. I mean, it's faster. He thought he, it's faster than the speed of light. What are you gonna do? He th- he thought he could outrun his past, but he couldn't outrun that laser. Ma- ma'am, I'm sorry to inform you that he thought he was sold a, a laser, but it was actually a maser. And <laughs> <laughs> we always warned him about those lasers, but he kept playing with them. The underground laser trade. <laughs> he kept playing with them. <laughs> um. So I think I think we're done for the week. What do y'all think? Think we're good? Yeah. I mean, wait. You don't want to do another hour of Laser South? <laughs> I could. We could riff on the Laser South for a long time. We probably could. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm good for the week. Yeah, probably same here. All right. Well, uh, this has been another episode of the Lineals Podcast. Wait oh, a minute. Wait this a minute. It? Wait this a minute. has been. Wait a minute. We're forgetting something. We have been told by our number one critic. That we need a sign-off That's true, phrase. we do. We need a sign-off phrase. We, we, we have an actual critic of our podcast, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he, he will remain nameless, mm-hmm. but he has said that we need a sign-off. And I've thought of the perfect okay. one. From New Orleans to New York, it's been the Illennials Podcast. Why specifically no, no, New Orleans? Nobody? What? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody? Why, why specifically from New Orleans to New York? There's like another half of the cut. Ne- never mind. Okay, I've got I've got a new mm-hmm. one. I've got a new one. For the Lionels podcast, fuck the New England Patriots. We're out. I like that one. Is that one good? Okay, so you'll yeah, you'll like say that, that one. one when I'm done with the the the, the outro, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll start do do the outro. Okay, now. this has been the Lineals Podcast. Uh, this is episode 13. Uh, I was your host, uh, uh, Smith. You can find me on Twitter uh, at uh, MCSurf. That's uh, S-E-R-F. And I was joined this day today by... Uh, I'm Seth, the co-host extraordinaire. You can find me at Life of Seth with underscores between the words. And our guest was... Uh, yes, my name was Ben. I was the other guy here. You can find me on Twitter at <laughs> at the Ben Powell. Um, I also have a podcast called Southern Smackdown, which is more about professional wrestling. So if you're into uh, professional wrestling in any way, go check that one out. We're on. Are you sure it's not called Let's Talk About Wrestling? 
Uh, I wanted to call it that, but there's already one called that, so. Oh, okay. But if you want to well, go check that one out, that's cool, too. But we're on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Google Play Store, and now Stitcher. So you can go check us out there. Wow, look at this swinging dick. <laughs> Have you got Colt Cabana on your show yet? Oh, I wish. We've been emailing him for months. <laughs> you should work on getting him. Yes. yes All right. We're... Well, this has been the Illinois Podcast. Fuck the New England Patriots. Have a good week, everyone. Take it easy.